Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Good morning, church. Um, my name is Marifa Kidoge, and uh, I'm the husband of Angeline and the father of my uh, little girl, uh, Kira, who's at the back. And uh, I'll be standing in for, um, for the pastor today um, to share a word with you. Um, the pastor on a mission, and we're praying for them um, this morning as well. So before I... Uh, I share the word with us today. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the grace and opportunity to be able to stand here in your presence. Father, you're always present, whether in this church, at home, around the world, Lord, you are present, and we thank you for that. Father, I'm very cognizant of the responsibility that that I have this morning in this place, Father, and, and I pray that you will give me words to speak. For I can't on my own think of anything worth saying. So Lord, I pray that you'll prepare our hearts that what we'll share with today, Lord, is that you will that it will produce fruit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. Um, so this morning, I'm going to share a word about um, faith. And the fact that faith without action is dead. So the title um, is, Why Are You Crying to Me? Uh, get Moving. This is what God told Moses when he cried to him. Uh, we're just going to read a little bit um, later. Now, it's easy to pray. Uh, and I just need to be very careful when I say that. Um, it is also easy to dream because it's something that, I mean, you can do it like in a, in a snap. I can, you, can, you can very much dream quite, quite easily. And it's also to think, it's quite easy to think about um, our needs and our problems it's also easy to complain about what is wrong with us or with others. Um, and it's very easy to be idle. I think from experience, we've, I think our natural state, unless you very much are disciplined, our natural state is to just go to a place where you are comfortable. And, um, and, and it's very easy to wait for people to do something. It's also very easy to wait, um, to wait for God to do something. Um, I'm not sure about waiting on him, but... Waiting for him to do something while we are sitting back is very, very, uh, well, at least for me, it seems it's something that's quite easy. Um, let us look at an aspect um, of God that emphasizes uh, faith by action. Um, may you please turn with me um, to the book of Exodus chapter 13. And those who don't have a Bible, I did put the, the word there. So I'm going to read from Exodus 13, 17 to 14, 31. I'm just going to put on my timer right here. Okay. So Exodus 13. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead, him, lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine, even though that was the shortest route uh, to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with uh, a battle, they might change their mind and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through a wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israel left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel sway to this. He said, God will certainly come to help you. When he does, you must take my bones with you from this place. The Israel left uh, Sukkoth. You can see it's someone on the map there. Uh, it's not very clear. 
and, uh, and they camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and, the, and provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of people. Chapter 14. Then the Lord gave this instruction to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp uh, to, to Pi Ahiroth between Milgold and the sea. Camp there along the shore, across from, Baz, uh, from Baal Zephom. The Pharaoh, then, uh, then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the, in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh's and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israel camped there as they were told. When the word reached the king of Egypt that the Israel had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What, are we, what have we done? Letting all these Israel slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed, um, um, he harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him about 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariot of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel. Who, um, he chased after the people of Israel who had uh, left with his first uh, with 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 fists raised in defiance. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all, the, all his horses and chariots, his, his charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel and they were camped beside the shore near Pai uh, Haroth, uh, uh, across Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking uh, them. They cried to the Lord and they said to Moses, why do you bring us here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we're still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves in, uh, with, to the Egyptians. It's better to be slaves in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water to the Israel, so that Israel can walk through the middle of the sea on the dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of Egyptians. They will charge in after the Israel. My great glory will be displayed through the pharaohs and his troops his chariots and his charioteers, when my, glory, um, when my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of the cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptians and Israel camps. As, dark and uh, as darkness fell, the clouds turned to fire lighting up the night but the egyptians and the israel did not approach each other all um, um all night then moses raised his hand over the sea and the lord opened a path through the water with a strong east wind the wind blew all that night turning the sea uh, the seabed into dry land so the people of israel walked through the middle of the sea and dry ground with walls of water on each side then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers, chased after them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's go out of here. Let's get out of here. Away from this Israel, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When all the Israel had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand over the sea again. Then the water will rush back and cover the Egyptians and the, chariot and the charioteers. So as the Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord um, swept them into the sea. The water returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh, 
and all of the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one of them survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood like wall on both sides. That is how the Lord rescued Israel from the, from the end of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed upon the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power of the Lord, uh, that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servants, Moses. So, the context before this, I think we're very familiar um, um, with, this, uh, with the story, um, was that the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt, and they were pressed for many years. But God, he had a plan to rescue them from long ago, and he promised to deliver them from this bondage. So he sent Moses to lead the rescue mission, as, um, as we know, and he used, them, um, and he used him during that mission to to basically lead the, the Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land. And just we read, uh, he led them by pillar of, uh, of fire at night and by cloud, um, by, the, by the cloud during, during the day. So in a sort, um, God he set a trap for the Egyptians, which exactly what he did in there, because they, they thought that they, they knew better than God. And he also set a trap for something else. He set a trap for fear. Um, at the beginning there we see that um, he said that if Israel were to use an easier route, uh, challenge would lead them to go back to Egypt and become, big, uh, and become slaves again. So he protected, the second thing that God protected, uh, he protected Israel from their own shortcoming. And he was gracious to them even, even before they even knew that they were going to fail. And this whole account for me, it reminds me of, um, um, of Jesus um, and in his words in, in, in Matthew, when, in Matthew uh, 7, uh, when he says that you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. And the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose, um, who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. So... Um, there's, a, there's some connection that I found when I was reading this verse between um, the, those two. Um, remember now, God, God knew that the Israelites was go were going to meet the Philistines and other army on the way to Philistine. That road seems to be the much shorter one than the one they're going to use it. So God decided to use a much difficult and much more challenging road, even though um, the Israel kind of did not really know it. If you look at the map at the, be at the beginning, if you can just go like right there, um, for anybody, um, it seems much easier to just go from Goshen, I guess, if you're trying to go to the other side, it's much easier to use a straight path line. I mean, um, if you're an engineer or even do your math, it's much, it makes more sense. But sometimes not, it's not everything that makes sense in our eyes that actually um, um, leads to, to, to the truth. And that was Jesus say it there in Matthew. It's very narrow. Some things may look, um, in our eyes, that gate may look very, very narrow, so difficult for us to go through. But that's the one that, um, that leads to life. And 1 Corinthians, I um, just want to combine this. In 1 Corinthians 13, uh, no, no, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if I can just turn to that, um, Paul says, I don't want you to forget dear brothers and sisters, about the, our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by clouds that moved ahead of them. And all of them walked through the sea and the dry ground. And I'm just going to go to verse 6. These things happen as a warning to us, so that we would not crave evil things as they did, or worship idols as some of them did. And in verse 11, Paul again says, these things happened to them as an, as an example for us. They were written down to warn us to live, um, uh, to warn us who live in this uh, end of the ages. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fail. The temptation in your life are not different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow temptation to be more uh, than what you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way so that you can endure. So we, we usually read these passages and we see it in the Bible for sure, but 
God has already done that. He's just demonstrated that with the Israelites as well. The same thing. Um, this Israelite thought that, I mean, they were complaining. That's the first thing that they did when they, f uh, they faced challenge, which proved God, I mean, they didn't need to prove God right, but it just proved that whatever God was saying was basically true. So I wonder if they were not by that uh, place um, um, where they were camping there, they probably would have gone back. But it was already quite a distance, as you can see. Uh, they were already so far down south that it was pretty much like too late to go back in there. But if they were on that shorter route, it was going to be much easier, uh, probably abandon Moses and just go back to there. So I just wanted to encourage, this, um, uh, to encourage us this morning. However narrow the path that leads to life is, however difficult this path is, we can rest assured that one God was, is, and will always be present with those who choose to travel along um, this narrow and difficult path. It doesn't matter which you may be going through today. It does not matter what Pharaoh is coming towards your direction. The second thing that I just wanted to basically encourage you, God never does anything without purpose. He didn't kill those, those Egyptians just for fun so that we can, you know, yeah, let me kill the Egyptians. They're bad people or something. These things happen, like Paul said, these things happen for a greater purpose beyond the promised land even. And we're just going to see that even um, shortly. And the third thing I just want us to basically remember right now is it is not the narrowness or the difficulty of the road that makes it worth traveling. It is the fact that God is there. The presence of God is there with us. That is what makes it perf perfect. I mean, if you think about it, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a chemical engineer. And getting that degree was not an easy thing. And whether I believe in God, and I, of course I did study with people who did not, uh, who were not believers and everything. And that principle that Jesus said that uh, narrow is a path that uh, leads to life and broad is a path that leads to hell. It's a principle that even non-believers use. If you're not disciplined, it's, it's very simple. If you're not disciplined, if you don't study, you'll fail. If you don't do those extra hours, you'll fail. If you don't uh, make time for your family. Your marriage will, will, will kind of fail, and you don't need to be a Christian to do that. But one thing that separates us from the non-believers is that presence of God. That when God says, "I will be there," "I am there with you," that is that is our cutting edge. Um. So, God already warned the Israelites that Pharaoh would come and would chase after them, even though um, even though He told them about that. You didn't tell them what would happen exactly. You, you just gave them the whole map. And God's objective was to teach the Egyptians that he is the Lord. And the project team in this particular, um, I'm also a project manager, so sorry for the using some of the terms, uh, some of the project uh, terms here. Uh, but in this case, the project team was, uh, was God and the Israelites. And uh, the problem to solve was that the Egyptians' ignorance of God's uh, lordship. And the, another problem also was also um, God also had to demonstrate his lordship over the Israelites who basically were just prone to fear whenever they faced their challenges. Um, so one would imagine that the Israelites would just find comfort and strength in the fact that God was leading them. You would think that, no, because God has already told us this, um, I should feel much better, right? I mean, because God has told us that, um, go, I'm with you till the end of time. I mean, we should all be feeling better, and I'm not pointing finger at Israel thinking that we are better or I'm any better than them. I mean, we do the same thing. Um, we can just think of yesterday. I'm sure there's something that happened yesterday that, that made you forget that God had told you that he would be with you. We, we have this Bible. I mean, we're sitting all here at church. We're all Christians. But there are some times where we just forget to do things, just forget things that God has done. So I'm not pointing at Israel thinking that, no, Israel were better and we're better. No, no, not at all. So, um, if you can just notice how they just, um, at the beginning when God told them, camp here, they did it so quickly. Like, it was just, it was just a matter of, uh, oh, we just need to camp here. No, sure, God, we'll camp there, no problem. And they did camp there by that, um, uh, that place, I forgot, I forgot the name. After all, they knew God's plan when he told them that, um, that he was with them. So, and it was such an easy thing to do. I mean, just camp here. And I'm just going to give pretty much like almost similar like an example of what, what usually happens with us. Sometimes God will be like, um, Marifa, how about you 
you pray for, um, for your cousin who is in Congo somewhere in the war, very, very far away, just pray for them. Oh, yeah, sure, God, that's, ah, I can do that. And I'll kneel down in my room and, and, and pray and pray. Oh, great, great. And God, I get feedback. No, that person, um, they are much better now. And tomorrow, uh, God tells me, okay, pray for, for I mean, we, we're, for example, in the group, and um, pray for, for someone who's sick. Noah was sick, and, and, and Maddie is also not feeling well. And I, I could pray quite, quite, quite easily. I could pray again faithfully. And then the next day, we found out, oh, no, Maddie's out of the hospital. No, glory to God. It was such a, it was, it was very good. And next day now, God asked me now, uh, Marifa, you see that old man, the homeless man in this street, Yanshoba Street, who's asking for money? Put him in your car, take him to your house, give him your spare bedroom until he gets up to his feet. Um, God, I think, I think I need another confirmation with you. Uh, maybe 1,000 confirmation. Okay, but I just, I'm the one who told you, do it. God, you see, my wife is there, my kids is there, so it's just not going to be really comfortable for, 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 for me to bring a, stand, a stranger in my house. But Marifa, I will be with you. Yeah, God, I need more confirmation. Just give me more confirmation. Just send your Holy Spirit to, to, to convince me. I want to fast about this for one week, just one more week until I get this confirmation. Okay, Marifa, no, listen, just, just take him then. Take him to a house, pay for him for his for one month until he gets to back to his feet. Yeah, God, you see, I'm only getting this amount of money, and I still need to give to you. I still need to tithe and everything, and those kind of excuses. So it's kind of much, and it it, it it's really funny, but it's kind of a reality to be honest. Like it's with me, it's reality sometimes. We when I'm asked to do things that are inside my comfort zone, I do so quickly. But as soon as it comes out of my comfort zone, I start calling him, I start looking for confirmation. I even, I even find it sometimes easier to fast than to actually pretty much like obey. And it, I'm sorry, but it's actually the truth. Sometimes it's much easier not to eat for the whole day than to try to do something that is much more comfortable. So I'm um, We just get so that I don't I just get back to the to, to, to the message here. When the Israelites saw Pharaoh coming and they panicked, just as God had predicted, they blamed Moses, they lost faith, um, they despaired, they regretted, and they just could not remember to keep their trust in God. And a lot of times I'm here confessing, it happens to me a lot, a lot of times. But God is challenging me. I wrote this message in in May, um, on, on my birthday, um, and you'll see there's a lot of pictures in there. So I'm starting to, to write a lot of messages to my, to, my, to my daughter. Hopefully, um, hopefully we'll, leave them, uh, we'll be able to, 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 to leave them and give them this gift. As, um, so please don't mind some of the pictures that are kind of cartoonish. Um, please don't mind that. G Moses' response to, to the Israelite was, he gave them hope and reassured them that God's promise, uh, of God's promise to save them. And he instructed them, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptian to see today will never be seen again. I just, saw, I just hope, like, can you maybe just um, go to um, the next slides? Um, no, 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 the previous one. Yes. Notice, though, uh, on that particular verse, notice how many times the word today was used. Again, this has nothing to do with, uh, I don't, I'm not saying that this, this was any spiritual, but two times Moses say, um, the Egyptian you see today will never seen, be seen again. Don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. This kind of reminded me of uh, Jesus' prayer, of give us our daily bread. So, when we pray, Jesus said, for today, God, give us the strength that we need. For today, God, give us the courage that we need to overcome this fear. For today, God, give us the hope we need to face this hopeless situation. And before I'm, I go on, I just want us to take a moment, just in this moment, and just reflect. 
um, of what has happened in the past, just to reflect on the challenges that you may be facing today. And like for, for, like for real, like um, I'm standing in, but in this particular case, I'm just asking us to just have to, like a couple of few seconds, just, just think of any challenges that you may have been facing right now. Is it, is it a loved one that's, uh, just that just that, that, that died? Is it trouble in your marriage or your family? Do you have visa issues? I have visa issues right now. Is it your failure to break from uh, addiction? Is it a loved one that, that's sick? I mean, the students are writing exams. Is, is it an exam? Is your pharaoh right now an exam? I just think of what hopeless situation do you see approaching right now? So, whatever it is, um, whatever is that hopeless situation that you may that you may have thought of, just remember these words from Moses: "Don't be afraid, and watch the Lord rescue you today." So, Lord, I'm just going to take a, a pause um, and, and pray. Jesus, please remind us that you are always present, that you are always with us. In the name of Jesus. I'm just going to go back to that... Um, to the word, and uh, I want to see a slide. Can you please just go to the next slide, please? Uh, and the next one, and the next one. There. Um, I don't know if you've seen this picture before. When I was, um, I think, uh, I learned quite a lot using images and cartoons. Um, a lot of, a lot of time, my sister taught me the gospel through, through words. And I just wanted to look at the comparison between the two. Um, these two verses. In Matthew 7, I'm just going to reread again. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate that um, the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever, and only a few ever find it. And if you look at, we can just basically compare and try to see um, um, the comparison between Exodus and Exodus 13. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the uh, main road that runs through Philistine uh, territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their mind and return to Egypt. So God led them in the roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Um, we saw in the beginning uh, just this image on this, uh, yeah, on, on my right, on my left. That's when um, that's where the path that leads to heaven, and on on this side is the path that leads to to hell. It's 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 almost like a demonstration. Like when I look at those two passages, it's very easy to to see how much all of this thing, even though as Paul said, it happened as an example to us, and it's very much easy. The Israel could have gone through this uh, big path passage, but what was waiting for them was not the promised land, it was actually the Philistine and, and that was basically what Jesus is basically saying right now and kind of reminded us and it was super much like later when he demonstrated these same principles um, throughout his whole parable, throughout the, the miracles throughout, throughout the whole um, the Bible, you see the same, um, the same uh, principle and if you can just go to the next slide um, I did just like they say that we need to remember that God is and will always be present with those who choose to travel along that path. Um, and God does never, he never does anything out of, um, out, of, out of purpose. So I just want to say something. Um, can you please just go to the next slide that, uh, um, and the next one and the next one. So I've, I think I've gone through all of this. Can you please just go again? Yes. I just want to say something about uh, the fruit of living in the present. Jesus' prayer was, he taught us to ask for our daily bread, like I did mention. So I pray this morning that you will be encouraged right now to, to stop learning, um, to stop um, worrying about the future. And it's very easy, it's very easy to think that they had it much easier than us. Um, 
but we live the same we live the same problem that they did live we live the same if not um we live in the same there's no there's nothing different um there's nothing different that they that they had that we do not have today that's what actually paul was trying to tell us today we only have peace when you choose to be still and know that god is here today with us so we did go through um the small reflection of thinking about our problems and and apologies for going back there again but there's a point that i just wanna uh, i wanted to summarize it in three steps uh, at least three practical steps that we can take whenever we we th we think of our challenges earlier on we did reflect on this um, i don't know what your pharaoh was i do not know but i want to encourage us today to follow these three steps uh, when you see your pharaoh approaching please remember whenever you see that exam or whenever you hear this bad news um, to think of the first thing don't be afraid about the future live now and the, se the second step is be still and know that god is here with you today and the third step watch the lord rescue you today it sounds like a one two three step but it's so difficult i mean we all know how difficult it is to to apply some of these things it's so easy to pretty much like sing loud and say lord i trust in you lord uh, you are my all in all you are my until we see that egyptian approaching it's so easy to when we are in our comfort zone to to camp right there to just chill and like oh god you, you ask me to what, what I mean, should i give this person 100 rand oh no i know in my back pocket i got 1000 i can give you 100 rand it's very easy to do the comfortable part and please don't get me wrong it is not wrong to to do the small act it's not wrong it's i'm not saying that you should not do those things just saying we just need to be um to take things step by step on every single even the hard situations as well the next let's can you quickly just go back to to, to to moses after the leader moses did encourage his people not to be afraid to watch the lord rescue them today and to stay calm god did something that caught my attention in fact that actually what led me to reading uh, to writing this um this message so maybe moses kind of thought uh, maybe he thought he thought that um, um after he had reassured the people that don't worry watch god rescue you today don't be afraid this israelite that you see today you'll never see, see them again after telling all of that moses kind of thinking like oops i've told this guys this thing now what I actually don't know probably i don't know the next step to do and pro again i'm not saying it's not written in the bible i'm not saying that's exactly what happened but i'm just thinking here um because the next thing god tells him why are you crying out to me tell the people to get moving it's as if he was telling moses um you believe uh, i'll rescue you today then show show that you believe by, by your actions it, it is it was as if god was asking moses the question uh, james asked the believers in james um, uh, 14 when he says what good is it dear brothers and sisters if you say you have faith but don't show it by your action can that faith save anyone it looks like um and it was also almost like moses said to the israel not to be afraid but he did nothing to act on on that word as the leader it was because uh, I, I just i'm trying to make sense of how did he get to moses telling i don't know maybe the order may be different how did he get to the point where moses was telling them don't worry but the next thing here is is carrying out because the way god asked that it was as if it was a rhetorical question so the good thing i like uh, uh, about uh, about moses is at that particular moment he just hid on the word of god and just continue and, and and obey exactly what what god asked him to do so i don't think it's just enough for us to faithlessly um pray and ask god to uh, uh, or, or faithlessly cry it's i'm not saying that crying is wrong we've, i mean we have we've got emotions but we are children of god we are christians when god says why are you crying out to me it's as if it was in, implicating or implying that stillness in knowing god is present it is not equal to faithless crying out to god uh, a while back i shared um i shared 
my story during the war um and when we were faced with a gun like literally when someone was about to shoot on my mom in that sense there's a cry there's there's a certain cry that people usually do like with a, as if they don't have they don't have a solution next to them sometimes we run out of money or we we, we find ourselves with a situation where we literally do not know what's going to happen tomorrow but that does not give us the right not ever to pray as if to cry as if we do not have a god as if we do not have someone who's there present no matter we forget we are flawed we do not deny but we should not just go to god crying without faith because without faith we cannot god cannot be pleased and there is no one who can change that not you just not because it's not because i'm god's son that i'm allowed to go to him without faith to go crying to me but that i was but i just failed this and tomorrow is not going to happen again it's, it does not give us an excuse and for as much as we want to be all soft on ourselves in that sense the v- the very fact remains that god is pleased by faith and james says same thing faith in god without actions is useless so like god told moses get moving why are you crying out to me get moving raise your hand split up the sea get moving and i feel like that's what the lord is telling us this morning as well is challenging us as well when we attempted to cry faithlessly let's not cry let's remember god is with us today so the quiet life and the holy life that pleases god can only be produced when we trust in the author of our faith Jesus Christ and by fixing our eyes on him rather than on the approaching egyptians can you go to the next slide please i just want to show us a small demonstration again that happens during the t- jesus time about this paralytic man who came to jesus while jesus was teaching now you're not going to read um um uh, when you have time please do read through uh, luke 5 um, um seven, uh, 17 to 26 now I'm just going to focus we all we probably I think we I could say that we know this story quite, quite quite well. So Jesus was teaching in this room and then there were three people a lot of cloud, uh, crowds imagine them in this church and the three people or oh, got some men a young men who had the paralytic man who wanted healing but they couldn't reach to Jesus. That is a challenge. They are approaching Pharaoh in this case like if they had to do an exercise they are approaching Pharaoh was the paralysis of their friend and the crowd um, and the fact that they did not have access to Jesus. And they kind of applied, if you go to next, they kind of replied the same, the same principle that we almost spoke about now. The first response was, huh, let me be still. And they knew, they, just, they still knew that Jesus was still in that room because if they did not, they would have gone back. If they did not know that, they would have probably thought, nah, this crowd, there's too much crowd here, let me go back. They were still, and they knew that Jesus was still in there. And they got moving. They used all the resources that they had. They used their brains because um, you kind of had to think, how did they get off the roof? I'm sure, I don't think these people were carrying, I don't know, but they're not carrying a, a ladder. They kind of had to find it somewhere. Well, I, I don't know how those houses were built, but they had to get moving and, on their ideas, on their feet, and go to the roof and think that we need to remove this, this, that poor man's uh, roof, remove the tiles and lower that man down there. That all effort that they went through uh, we read it in two five minutes, but I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a five minute um, effort the, that they went through. And lastly, the, the result that they saw was they watched God rescue that man. They watched Jesus rescue literally that man. But in one thing that I just saw, Moses, if you can just go back to Moses a little bit. So Moses had the responsibility to act on the faith that God gave him in order for the Israel to be saved. And God reminded this uh, to Moses with that one question. Why are you crying out to me? Now, if you come back to that same story of Jesus um, and the paralytic man, we see a demonstration of, of people who had faith and their action led to the salvation of this paralytic man. We don't know if the paralytic man was the one um, who instructed their friends to, 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 carry that, uh, to carry them. And we also do not know if 
um, if it was their brothers, we, 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 don't, we, don't know, we don't have a lot of information about that. But one thing that we know is that when they came, they found a challenge, they knew that Jesus was in there, and they used the resources that they had to act. And their faith was rewarded. Because from there, Jesus um, actually forgave that man. It's like, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. And now, stand up, take your mic and take your mat and go. That man did not reply by saying, but God, I've been like this. I'm paralyzed. I cannot do this. I can, okay, help me out. No, no. That man still had a lot of job to do. He still had something to, he still had to get moving. Despite the fact that his sin were already forgiven, Jesus still told him, stand up and go. He, he could have, I mean, he could have just done this and the man could have just stand up by himself. But that, that man had to obey the words of Jesus. He stood up. Not, did he even know that he was going to work? No, his faith, it was his faith that resulted in his action. That's, that resulted in him being saved in that sense. So, think about, let's go back to your hopelessness, that, that situation that you thought about earlier on. The one that you may be facing today. And that daunting task that you think is pretty much like impossible. Or the fact that you're still relying on your pocket or something to think that that will always take you to, that can take you through a difficult situation. Think about that, um, that friend that is sick. The child that is not feeling well. Think about that problem that you have today. Think about And I'm repeating myself to ask us to think about it um, because I have this tendency sometimes to, um, to zone out um, when someone is, is, is preaching because sometimes I go through the motions of just listening. And I, I really don't want us to go through that. Um, I just want to pray that we actually take time to think about those things. And I want to encourage us this morning, don't be afraid. Watch the Lord rescue you today. Just stay calm. I'm going to repeat it again. Don't be afraid. Watch the Lord rescue you today. Just stay calm. I'm just going to invite the band uh, to come forward. We need to get to the point where we, we start listening to God's promise very carefully. And not just for the sake of, of getting by or for the sake of ticking certain boxes. And I'm preaching to myself here. But we need to realize that this life is very, 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 very short. And like Paul did say, those things, they happen to the Israelite so that it can be an example to us, so that we do not have to follow the evil example that we did. We are no different to them. The temptations that we're getting today is not different to what they got in there. So that means that what Jesus said about the narrow gate and the broad gate, we are not exempted from that. But thank God we believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, and he has already saved us. Thank God. But it's not everyone here. We, we may be standing here, already saved. But people out there, there are so many people who are still not, who do not know this truth. And it is us getting moving, taking actions that will actually carry us through. That narrow path that we are to travel, it's not going to take magic to move through that road. Yes, we are already saved. Yes. By the grace of God, we will be in heaven. Yes, we will. But we still need to get moving. And only very few, very, very few, will find that road. Most, uh, um, Paul said, be careful when you think that you're standing. You actually might be falling. So I don't think we are exempt of actually thinking of that. As we conclude, I'd like to extend an invitation to, to two groups. 
The first one, um, those who haven't trusted in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I'd like to humbly invite you to do so now. Please don't wait up because the time is quite short. I'm not guaranteed that by, this, by the time I finish talking in here and moving out there that I'll still be alive. And none of us here is guaranteed that by the time we finish this church and that we're going to arrive home. That's just a reality. So if you have never trusted in Jesus, real, please don't wait up. Do it now. And the second group of people that I'm going to invite are those who have put their trust in Jesus but need help and prayer to get moving in obedience to God. Paul urged people um, that petitions, prayer, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. And I'm just heeding to that prayer. would like to offer that petition and prayer if you need it. just want to say something again that Paul, the great apostle, the great apostle, he was never shy of asking for someone to pray for them. He used to say sometimes, pray for me that I may come to you. Pray for me that I may, that my path, everything will go well with me. So I just want to, that's, that's very encouraging. Whenever I read that, those kind of verses, when I see Paul, cool, I thought you'd be like talking to God all the time, but he was not shy to ask for prayer. So I want to invite you as well to this moment's ministry time for us not to be taking you for granted whatsoever um, because the prayer of righteous people really, really, really do work. I can count so how many times I've been prayed for and saw God move in my life. You can't solve the problem by yourself. So I'm just going to close um, for us in prayer. And there's two groups of people. I'm not going to um, ask you to, to raise first your hand, but just want to see, please reflect in your heart right now, for God knows everything that happens in your heart. In this particular moment, if you feel that you haven't given your life to Jesus, really, He's waiting for you right now and he's saying, come. If you need someone to pray for you, at the end of this service, you don't have to go quickly. Come forward. There's plenty of people who will be willing to pray for you. That bold move that you might just have to take, you will see that the Lord will rescue you today. So, dear Father, thank you for your word again today. Thank you for reminding us to get moving. Thank you for the cross. Lord, Despite all the warnings, Lord Jesus Christ, one thing remains true is that your grace is sufficient. Even though we may get moving, Father, we are comforted by the fact that you are present with us today. So, Lord, humble our hearts and make us realize Make us realize how brief our life is. Forgive us our sins, Jesus.
Lord, may your grace, may your presence, may your fellowship, Lord, always be with us. Now until you come back to get us home, may we always remember to be still and know that you are God. May we always remember that you are here with us today. May we always remember to use whatever you have given us as talent, as resources, intelligence, to get moving in the direction that you want us to go. May we always remember to see you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.org.